Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. Today, a look at possible VGK line combinations for the upcoming season. Stay with us. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco and Chris Pollock here from Las Vegas. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is at TD Chris G. And you could find us on YouTube now, as well as on Twitter at Lockdown VGK. And good morning to you, Chris. And thanks, everyone, for making us your first listen each and every day. And our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And today, something you wanted to discuss on the show this morning, uh, an early look at VGK line combinations for the upcoming 22-23 season. And one that uh, one player I'm really curious about as we get things underway is where do you have Chandler Stevenson the second leading scorer on VGK a season ago. Where do you have him fitting in for this upcoming season? I would like to see him be the center on a second line, but where do you have him slotted? No, I'm 100% with you on that, Tony. Second line center is where Chandler Stevenson should be. He had the scoring punch last year. He was able to click with anyone that was on either side with him. So Chandler Stevenson, line two center uh, behind Jack Eichel and in front of William Carlson, I think, is the place for Chandler Stevenson. Okay, so where – okay, we have Jack Eichel. There's no doubt about it. He belongs on that top line. Mark Stone, I think, is almost etched in stone. But who will be the third player on that top line? I don't necessarily think Mark Stone is who it's going to be. Um, My guess for line one, and I've said this for a long time, you need players to complement Eichel. You don't need players to exceed him. You don't need players to get Jack Eichel open. Eichel's job is going to be to create space for his line mates. I would like to see one player who does have that scoring punch. That This is where we're going to miss Max Pacioretty. We've talked about this. This is where Pacioretty is going to be missed. Pacioretty is, at least to date, our most lethal scorer that we've ever had as far as his ability to score from anywhere inside of the blue line. But with um, with Jack Eichel, I honestly want to see Marcheseau. I think they did click the few times they were together. Marcheseau can be a 30-goal scorer, or at least in the mid to upper 20s. If he's with Eichel all year, I think he does get 30 goals. And then the other winger on that line, it doesn't need to be one of our normal top six that we've seen over the last couple of years. This is where I'm looking at Nicholas Wah. I would like to see line one, Eichel. Wa Marteso. Eichel and Marteso are going to create the space. They are going to draw all the attention. Nicholas Wa is going to be the unforgotten forward there. We've seen Nicholas Wa have good hands around the nets. We've seen him make some amazing moves just coming across the blue line off the rush. He's not afraid to get dirty and get in there. So let's see Nicholas Wa up there between with uh, Eichel and Marteso and kind of see what happens there. Um, uh, Cassidy did allude to possibly breaking up the Misfits line already. I mean, that's 
don't know if that's just him, you know, some chatter and stuff like that. Maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, the game within the gamesmanship type of thing. But, um, you know, I think uh, I think that is a good line one combination that will keep VGK balanced because now we're without patch already. So we need to find ways to utilize our top talents with some of our lesser talents to create that synergy. Well, we know one thing about Bruce Cassidy. He's brutally honest. So I have to lean with, you know, him telling us the truth until proven otherwise. Uh, on that second line now, okay, and Brendan Brisson, I think that, you know, I think one of the reasons, too, that maybe Apacharetti became expendable was because they can see the meteoric rise of Brendan Brisson. That second line is really going to be interesting. Do you break up Carlson and Riley Smith? On line two. Um, I mean, line two, I don't think William Carlson as a winger would make the most sense because I think we're uh, penciling Stevenson in there right now. So line two, I'm going Riley Smith and Mark Stone beside uh, on the sides of Chandler Stevenson. Stevenson and Stone, ticked; ver- uh, they were in sync very, very well last year. Um McPhee made the comments that statistically that was one of the best lines in all the NHL being Stevenson, Pacioretty, and Stone. Um, I don't know if that's something that, I mean, I, there are stats to support that, I guess. Oh, Christopher's making an appearance. Hello. Um, there's stats that supports that claim. So Stevenson and Stone clicked, right? Stevenson and Stevenson and Stone clicked. Riley Smith, awesome two-way player. Mark Stone, awesome two-way player. So that's also going to be a strong line defensively that we can throw out there to match the other team's top lines, which also might create additional opportunities for lines three and four to go against the lower lines of the other teams. I'm really curious about the third line. I think the third line to me is an enigma. Uh, The fourth line, I think Colasar, we'll talk about it later in the show. He's making the rounds and getting around town and I think just trying to make himself more visible, if you will, uh, come, uh, you know, as he prepares for arbitration day. Uh, the fourth line, I think, will keep intact. I think, you know, Carrier, the staple there, um, along with Colasar and, and probably Brett Howden, right, on the fourth line. But that third line, to me, is an absolute question mark. How do you see that unfolding? Yeah, so the third line, in my opinion, at least out of camp, assuming we don't have 500 man games lost and we can have some consistency and continuity throughout the season, I like William Carlson in the center there. Um, Carlson having a little less responsibility, possibly going against the other team's bottom six instead of the other team's top six will hopefully create additional scoring chances. I mean, William Carlson historically can be a scorer. 40-plus goals at one time, yes, but he did it. So that's his ceiling now. That's where he set his ceiling. And I'm really hoping Cassidy can make a project out of Carlson to get him back into at least a mid-20s to you know flirt with 30 goals. Um, I mean, that, 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 that takes care of a lot of Max Pacioretty's output right there. But uh, back to the topic here for that third line, Carlson, Amadio, Braswan. Wow. Um, I'm concerned about Braswan being in the bottom six. You have to be able to play defense when you're in the bottom six, because especially when you're on the road, that's when you're going against the other team's top six. We've had our discussions about William Carlson. Is he a 200-foot player? Not really right now, but on the defensive side of the ice, he is better. He is a better defensive forward than he is an offensive forward right now. 
Uh, Amadio is a good utility player that can score. And if Braswan can bring some punch to that line that creates additional opportunities for Carlson, all of a sudden Amadio is kind of like, uh, you know, the Nicholas Waugh, if you will, of line three, where he's the one that might kind of find himself open in front of the nets. And maybe he can get some goal, some additional goals that way. And all of a sudden you might have three players in that line that score, you know, 15, 18 goals or more, which that's a pretty decent line three, as long as your top six are clicking. Yeah. And to me though, that doesn't seem, if we go with that lineup and those combinations, it still doesn't seem like a Stanley cup contending team. You know, those four lines, if you could consistently, right, roll four lines. And I'm not going to take any shots at William Carlson, other than the fact that neither one of us received the invitation to the wedding this weekend. So, Listen, William Carlson, if it doesn't work out for um, for hockey, we know he's uh, got a career in softball, man. What do you have, three home runs uh, on Monday nights? Yeah, first hat trick since 2018 for William Carlson. Oh, my gosh. I led you right to that. We didn't even talk about that. Well played, Tony. Well played. (laughs) Okay, defensive pairings. Uh, One of the players, obviously, of interest for us is whether or not Alec Martinez can rebound coming off of that devastating injury this past season. I think Alec Martinez will be fine. Um, He's probably the toughest VGK we have. He's probably one of the top 10 toughest players I'm not talking just a physical player that's going to beat you up and stuff like that, but he's a warrior. He defines what a warrior is at the NHL level. He will lay it out on the line every, not every single game, but every single second of every single shift. And I think he spent a lot of time, whatever it was he was going through, whether it was concussions to rumors about a sinus and vertigo, whatever it was, he spent, what was it, 50-something games approximately getting himself rights. And when he came back, I mean, he wasn't the Alec Martinez of, you know, previous to that. But when you sit out, I mean, basically it's like starting the season over, right? In the offseason, you know, you have two, three, four months, depending on how things go. He basically had to get himself back into game shape, not once, but twice. And that's got to be a daunting task. So, it's unfortunate the way things went down for him last season. Um, if we're going to spin that to maybe a positive, that's a little less wear and tear. He's getting up there in games played and age. So, you know, 50 less games on on uh, the odometer for Alec Martinez, I think that's going to help him uh, coming into VGK season six. Oh, do you know who I saw at the post party the other day? Uh, Oscar Dance. He was, at the, uh, he was at the softball game the other night, and then he was over at the uh, post party uh, with VGK, a Raider, the, none of the Raider players showed up. By the way, uh, I wasn't invited to the post party, Tony. I wasn't there. Had to sneak in. You have to know how to navigate these things. And then, uh, you know, within the Bruce Cassidy system, we are so, uh, you know, we've we've been talking an awful lot about how uh, w- these players will fit in, right? The defensive um, on the defensive side, the blue liners, scoring defensemen wants guys that can attack. Uh, again, this system will probably best fit Alex Petrangelo, um, Shea Theodore. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's going to be a faster team where the defense is going to dictate a lot more of the breakouts and the entries. We know Petrangelo and Theodore can put up points. We know they can put up points. Uh, Petrangelo, I don't really have seen him put up a lot of his points uh, like he has. He doesn't seem to have the same offensive scoring touch as of 
when he was with VGK versus when he was with the St. Louis Blues. So we certainly would love to see that come to fruition. Uh, Shay Theodore, we talked about this uh, recently, last couple of weeks, where it seemed like he was just silent after about the first month and the last month of the season that between just kind of all meshed together. And uh, we can agree that goals can be fluky. And, you know, sometimes it feels like you can't score no matter what you do. And then you can score every time you touch the puck. And Theodore certainly had uh, the latter as the season uh, progressed. And hopefully you can have a more consistent season. And I think Cassidy is going to help uh, to develop that. In that softball game too, Jack Eichel showed us a different side with the cartwheel at home plate after he's rounding the bases on his home run. That was pretty interesting. It was fun. And everything about the game was fun, Tony. And, you know, just to kind of touch on something a little bit different here, you know, I know all the things we've talked about on the management side, not, not, not the coaching side, but upper management and stuff like that. But, you know, they were having fun, right? We saw different sides of all the players. Let's start with Riley Smith, for example. I mean, I've never seen that side of Riley Smith before. Ryan, Riley Smith comes across as Jonathan Taves for the Blackhawks. You know, Captain Sirius. You don't see him smiling a whole lot, but he's there. He's doing his job. And, I mean, Riley Smith was all over, right? I mean, he's the host. It's his show. I get that. And part of the reason he wanted to do to continue with the softball game was to show his commitment to Las Vegas and and being a Golden Knight. And I think he probably left some money on the table to stay here in Vegas versus going somewhere else and maybe getting a $6 million contract. So, you know, a, a lot of fun. And Eichel, I was right on the third base, on the first base side, watching him sign autographs. I tried to get Logan Thompson's attention with, uh, I actually printed out that tweet where he said he wasn't leaving VGK. I actually <laughs> had a piece of paper. I wanted to get him to sign it. Uh, he either A, brushed me off or B, didn't see it. I'm, I'm hoping B, he didn't see it because I really don't want to take it personally that he brushed me off. But, you know, it was fun. And Eichel was there signing autographs, taking pictures with everybody and stuff and I don't think there's any issues on the locker room side of things at least right now it's laid back it's summertime but I did just see a fun culture that seems to be excited and you know you, you got the alum there and stuff being a Schmitty and Hala and stuff like that who got some amazing ovations Dylan Coglin got a nice send-off even though uh, he's no longer a VGK he certainly got a lot of support and stuff so all seems well right now it's not October yet though I'll tell you a story about Riley Smith. So uh, this was the first time in three years that VGK defeated the Raiders. And so if you want to know how serious the Golden Knights took this softball game against the Raiders, I'll tell you this story. Uh, so every year they take the trophy, the championship trophy. It stays with the Las Vegas agency. They put together this event and they do a great job, as you saw. And so uh, Riley Smith, every year, they put the winning trophy, it's pretty much in the office of the Las Vegas agency. Riley Smith said, not only did he say, I'm taking it home with me this year, it's going to be at my house. He walked around the entire after party carrying that trophy around. So it was pretty serious for VGK. They took that game a lot more serious than the Raiders and Marshawn Lynch, let's say. Okay, oh, Lynch was next. fun. Lynch was absolutely awesome. <laughs> Did you I see the cloud Lynch. of smoke at first base? Everywhere he was, there was a cloud of smoke. And he even was eating like a taco or something like at second base. And he would pick up like just this. This is old school Chicago, 16 inch he was doing uh, doobies, man. This yeah, guy. no, he was having a good, but they would pick up they and they would swing and then they would pick up the beer and start running the bases. I thought it was great. It was awesome. So much fun. And, you know, let's give a shout out to, uh, to Bruce game day, Bruce for, uh, 
his working on the PA system back there, he was firing zingers left and right. Like, yeah, it's good. Bruce had a very underrated game back there. So good job, Bruce. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, VGK looking at free agents, Matthew Kachuk, Nassim Kadri, Patrick Kane. Are they in the game for those free agents? We'll talk more about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, for lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL, plus combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use their mobile device to learn more about the trends in action and everything that's happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back from Las Vegas, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick on this Friday edition. And my apologies to you, Chris, for ducking out the last couple of days. You know, I went to the ESPYs down in Los Angeles in Hollywood. And, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, the NHL has no identity. There was only, there was only one, this is why they're the fourth league. Uh, There was only one player that was nominated for an award. And that was uh, Connor McDavid for the male athlete of the year. Steph Curry, of course, everything was fixed on whatever. It's because he hosted the show and then he wins awards and everything else. But in any event, I mean, this is a league that needs to get more notoriety. I mean, you would think the NHL would, excuse me, you would think ESPN would push a little more NHL into the ESPYs, right. given the fact that, you know, they were not heavily even a involved last year. Not even a presenter from the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's not like anyone has anything going on right now. The season's over. So, I mean... Maybe next year, Tony. Maybe maybe we're going to take the Cubs' perspective. Maybe next year. Our uh, Twitter handle, uh, Lockdown VGK, went bananas yesterday as uh, we posted from our good friends at Bet Online uh, the latest odds on who might land Matthew Kachuk. And VGK is on the bottom at uh, 10 to 1 odds. Um, I think they had, uh, let's see, the Devils were 4 to 1. Blues nine to two, Predators five to one, the Sabres. I mean, Kachuk almost went to the Sabres in exchange for Jack Eichel, six to one, uh, Senators six to one, Stars thirteen to two, Islanders seven to one, fifteen to two for the Red Wings, and then the Golden Knights at plus one thousand. And so we understand everything. And I mean, Kachuk is a great player, had one hundred and four points. He's young. He's just twenty four years old. It seems like he's been in the league for an eternity. Uh, but he said that he won't be signing a long-term extension. And uh, today's a big day around the National Hockey League because th- it's the deadline for qualifying offers. And so we're going to get, I think, even more news today uh, coming out of free agency. And so let's start there with Matthew Kachuk. I think he'd be a good fit for VGK, but not at $9 million. And he wants more. Yeah, so um, shout out to Sinbin and Ken. Uh, Ken did a real in-depth article about Matthew Kachuk, and the title was the, the teaser, if you will, before you click on the article. Should VGK trade for Kachuk? Then you click on the article. No, stop it. And that's the end of the article. I'm with you, Ken, on this one. Um, I don't see any path to Matthew Kachuk coming to Vegas. I don't see any way 
he fits in. I don't see any way it would make sense. I mean, okay, let's play a game. What are you going to ship away? Now we got to find another, you know, seven, eight, nine million dollars in cap space. So, you know, Riley Smith, uh, here's you know, you got your five million. You and March or so go to Calgary, have fun, or you and or March or so and Alec Martinez, you're going up to Calgary, have fun. Like just no, there's nothing there. Uh, I think they want a first round pick amid the high level prospects as well. So, okay, bye, Brendan Braswan. I mean, I I get Braswan is a is a piece of our future, and BGK doesn't like uh necessarily uh you know having a future beyond uh whatever some of the shiny new toys are in the free agency, if you will, or the trade market in season that is not necessarily off season, but there's no path to Kachuk coming to Vegas. There is absolutely zero path. It's that's not gonna happen. Ten to one, if you can lay the no at a a book friendly plus, you know, or if you want to lay the no at a minus uh, Minus. 3000, I think (laughs) you'd be safe at uh, at locking up a quick hundred bucks. If you got three K laying around. Among the perennial uh, favorites, I guess you could say New Jersey, um, Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager is related (laughs) to Kachuk and to his family. So that could happen there. Um, again, his brother Brady is in Ottawa, and so perhaps uh, they make that pairing there. It's been a pretty rough uh, see- off season for Calgary. Um, for Calgary, they lost Johnny Gaudreau, right, 115 points. He went to Columbus, um, but hey, they got Ben Jones from VGK. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's happening up there, and I haven't paid a whole <laughs> lot of attention to it. But um, I mean, Daryl Sutter, like Daryl Sutter, is an all-world coach well respected I don't think he comes across as you know being tough on anybody I don't hear anyone having anything bad to say about him so you know is it something with the taxes is it because that arena is just older than dirt is it something about the weather up there like I don't is it COVID protocol related like what is the problem in Calgary who was you know uh, I won't even say a dark horse Stanley Cup contender but you know, they were, you know, the next level after your perennial favorites and they could have made a run last year. I know a lot of people predict them to go much farther than they did. And, you know, I don't know what the problem is. I honestly don't know. Maybe we can uh, find our friends up north at Lockdown uh, Flames and uh, have a little conversation with them to find out what's in the water up there. You also have Nazim Kadri and Patrick Kane still out there. And it's it's pretty surprising to me that Kadri is still out there. Although, Again, he's getting a little bit older now. Um, he's 32 years old. And uh, obviously, he made a huge impact in the Stanley Cup run. But uh, how do you see, you know, things unfolding with those two free agents? And and are there any rentals out there available for VGK? I think they're going to have to even, you know, we go through those line combinations, Chris. And, and I'm not sold on this VGK team for this upcoming season. Not with that lineup. I mean, I don't know, Tony. If, if we do a side by side of uh, you know season one VGK that unsustainable team, I'll take uh, the season <laughs> six roster side by side. I know there was a lot of magic that happened in series one um, and in season one. Pardon me, it's my sports card stuff coming out in series one, series two. But um, <laughs> yeah, sports. If you can see the back of my desk, there's cards everywhere right now, folks. I'm not kidding you. Like lower down here, there's a whole stack of cards behind you. But anyway, moving on past that. Um, uh, let's go back to Kadri here for a second. 
all the teams you mentioned earlier, like if you just simply go on cap friendly and click through, there's not a lot of teams that even have a lot of cap available out there. There is not a whole lot of teams out there that have that type of cap. So, you know, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, those are certainly teams that are going to be in consideration and uh, Nashville as well and stuff like that. But, and well, Nashville just made a big signing with Niederreiter, I think for, yeah. for 4.5 out of New Jersey. Yeah. That so, happened after we spoke to our good friend from lockdown. Games. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so Kadri is going to have to, I mean, Kadri's going to want to win number one, right? I don't think he's going yeah. to Calgary right now, unfortunately. And how much more than 4.5 is he going to want? He announced to the world that, you know, he's not a liability anymore. I mean, that was really him saying, hey, someone, uh, someone's going to give me the Johnny Manziel here. Someone's going someone's gonna to pay me here. And I don't know. I mean, I don't look at Kadri as a player who is going to lead my team. I look at him as someone who's not going to wear a letter. But I do look at him as someone who is going to help get my team over the hump, as he did with Colorado, as he could have done in the past when he wasn't doing dumb things and getting suspended. But a lot of those teams you mentioned are not necessarily competitors right now. Um, Detroit would be very interesting, but even Detroit is under $10 million in cap space available. And I really think Kadri is going to want, you know, that $7 million range. And, you know, with the cap constraints in the NHL, there's not a whole lot of teams that can afford that, especially teams that are slated to be contenders for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I don't see any of the teams, if, you know, again, VGK for the block. We talked about this, but I don't see any any teams in the West right now contending for any uh, or in the yeah in the west here I, I i just don't see any contending for those free agents and you know i ran into our good friend jd hernandez from uh locked on ducks and he said it's going to be another year he believes because he works in the ahl system as well and pretty close to the team uh where he feels anaheim is just going to do what they need to do before they go in deep into free agency and such. Uh, so give them another year of just building and, again, developing the younger talent, but it's going to be a couple of years. Uh, but I don't see any other teams in the Honda West uh, division going going after any of those three big names. So that's good news for VGK. Yeah, I mean, maybe Dallas might be a player for Kadri. You know, they were a solid, you know, team last year. I mean, they, they took Calgary to seven games, I believe. You know, they got $11 million in cap space. Um, obviously, it's not our division, but um, I mean, I think uh, the Kings only got a couple million dollars in cap space. So, yeah, in the West, Anaheim, like you said, I mean, I think it might have been a blessing that they avoided Dodonoff when that dust settled. Um, no disrespect to Dodonoff, but I think that would have slowed down their their progression or they would have been trading him right now. Who knows? Uh, but Anaheim, they're, they're a step behind like what Detroit and Ottawa is doing right now, but not a big step. Not that big of a step at all. Logan Thompson, I got to go back to softball. He bunts in a charity softball game. That's your guy. The at-bat before that, he tried to, like, lightly swing and get it over the third baseman, too. Like, come on, Logan, just just let it rip, man. Just let it rip. Let it rip. This is next year here. Next year, when Riley Smith is drafting his team, He's going to be going down the line and he's going to see <laughs> Logan Thompson's name. He's just right. going to do this. <laughs> that means no. So, yeah. So, no, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, today, a very big day around the National Hockey League as uh, July the 22nd is the day for the qualifying offers uh, deadline. 
So we'll have to see how that unfolds. And obviously, we'll have a lot more coming your way on Monday. Where's, where does Patrick Kane go? Rangers? You know, again, all the things we talked about. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers are the chalk. But all the reports out of Chicago are that Taves and Kane, they're, they're, they're relaxed now, right? They're, they're just kind of in wait and see how the season unfolds. I think Jonathan Taves retires and retires a Blackhawk. Uh, I don't think there's any changing that. Patrick Kane does have many years left as a top tier, top level talents. So I think Kane is going to just kind of wait and see. And you mentioned rentals earlier. I think Patrick Kane could be a rental for somebody. I think the Blackhawks are going to want to wait that out a little bit and see how, what happens, right? Cause you know, what, you know, Jack Eichel might go down or Max patch might go down in Carolina and stuff like that. You never know what's going to happen throughout the season. And all of a sudden, you know, eight, $9 million becomes available. And obviously we understand now in Vegas more than ever, how the cap works around the playoffs because there's no cap when the playoffs start. And Patrick Kane might be um, a product of his own rule, if you will, the, the Kane rule with the salary cap and how that happened with the Blackhawks in one of their Stanley Cup runs. I think it was their first one uh, in 2010, their first of the recent, uh, I should say. So, you know, Kane's going to be a rental somewhere. He's going to get a ton of draft picks traded, and then he's going to go to another team, I think, after that. But it's not going to happen until somewhere probably in January or February. Coming up next, Keegan Colasar is making the round. We'll talk more about Keegan Colasar after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back on Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And last night at the Las Vegas Aces game, uh, we saw where Keegan Colasar showed up along with Logan Thompson. They sat courtside and they did a promotion with the VGK there. They're dancers and that whatever that mascot is. So uh, last night, it's a Gila monster, right? Okay, Chance, right? Chance the Raptor, that's who that is. Okay, so so Keegan Colasar at the game last night, they bring him out for the promotion where he has to shoot the basketball over Buckets. Buckets is the Aces mascot. And so you have uh, Buckets on a trampoline and he just keeps rejecting shot after shot as everyone goes out there for the promotion. Colasar, with time running out, the buzzer goes off, and he lofts the basketball over Buckets. And Buckets is trying to reject it. He just jumps up and down on a trampoline. Very hard to score a basket because you're shooting from behind the three-point arc. So inside of that Buckets outfit, I think it was Bill Foley trying to block Keegan Colasar in arbitration. Jeez. But he put the he put the ball in the in the hole. He put the ball in the hoop. It was great. It was great. And the crowd just exploded. And it's on the Aces uh, social media too. But in any event, so now we've got Keegan Colasar. He has an arbitration date. That is August the 10th. He's been very visible. We saw him at the softball game earlier this week. We saw him in the Aces game courtside. This will no way reach arbitration will it they're going to settle before i don't i don't think so i mean if they if it goes to arbitration the arbitrator is always going to go a little bit higher on a one-year deal versus if we can get you know a two or three-year deal at let's say 1.1 or something like that um we mentioned uh hathaway i believe i forgot a uh, garrett hathaway in my opinion was a comparable drawing 1.5 million a little bit older a little more established though 
So I hope it doesn't go because that'll be a little more of a friendly deal. Because right now I think Cap Friendly has us around minus one point three or something like that. There's a lot more that goes 1. into 1. that. Three nine four. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into that with the two way contract. So it might that might not be a very liquid number. I guess you can say it might be more more fluid in the sense that it's going to be changing. But yeah, Colstar is making the rounds. He's making appearances and he's doing what he should be doing. Right. Yeah, in the offseason, that's uh, pretty interesting. And uh, I tried to give Logan Thompson a shout-out for you, but I don't think he heard me there, sitting close to behind him last night. Bunt in a softball game. And that's kind of crazy. Stick to hockey, bro. So so today, with uh, it's August 22nd, qualifying day for the offers today. Uh, it's the deadline. And after today, uh, the offers no longer valid, and the players become – unrestricted free agents. And so who's out there from VGK? I was trying to think if any players are out there currently that uh, had qualifying offers that have not responded. No, I mean, I think the, I think they're already moved on from like Ben Jones and stuff like that. Howden, Haig, they all got their offers. Coglin, we obviously know what's going on there. Um, But I think we're all set there. I don't think there's any, any surprises coming unless we something weird with happens with Colasar during arbitration and stuff like that. How much do you think he's going to be in for? I saw one report that said 1.1. 1. 1. 1. Yeah, 1. 1. I, I, I saw one. Uh, 1.15. That's my number. It said it said, Chris, that he would only want that the VGK was only offering twenty five or thirty thousand dollars raise for Colasar. They've got to keep that fourth line. Intact, that's the business. Though. Whatever. It's one of the only things they've got going that's good right now. Chris, you have a great weekend. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you making us your first list each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And for my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. So long for now. You are listening and have been listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Take care. And watching.